Listen, it's <laughs> it's only nuke if it comes from the nuke region. Or <laughs> it's only nuke, nuke region of the United States. If it comes States. from the nuke region of the United States, that's how you know. Otherwise, it's just sparkling radiation. Exactly. Exactly. Only if it, only if it comes sparkling from radiation. <laughs> that's what the name of this episode is. All right. Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Steve. And Ryan. Oh, I got to see it on cam now. Did you guys know that there's only four TV channels in North Korea? Yeah, that's actually, um, that, it's sort of like the old style of, like, broadcasting, where, like, because, like, even, um, even with, like, the BBC, I think there's only still, uh, four BBC channels. Yeah, like, when I was a kid, there were only, like, when I was really young, there were only, like, ten channels, maybe, in, that you got over the in, air, and most of them were ABC, NBC, CBS, right? Like that yeah, was yeah, but that, those were yeah. all the basic channels. I'm saying those are the only channels that you watched, because that's all you got unless you had cable, and we didn't yeah. have cable, so it was like... What I'm saying is, this is 2022, and North Korea still only has four television channels, and that well, sucks. Well, North Korea is <laughs> a fucked up place, buddy. <laughs> China, uh, China actually has, um, they have 17, um, channels. Right. They're all CCTV, like, 1 through 17, and each of them specializes in, like, a specific thing. Wait, like, they're one CCTV? Of them is, like, so, that's gotta be confusing if you're from the U.S. and you well, the term it's CCTV. Chinese, yeah, because yeah, like, China oh, Central China TV. <laughs> you mean this is a closed caption government video, or... <laughs> It's all that China shit. Dude, I my favorite China TV is TikTok when they the guys post the uh like the propaganda films. Like I follow these two two dudes who do like kung fu movie level cooking TikToks where like mm-hmm. the one dude's like the the slightly uh fat uh almost moribund fatly like uh like friend of the master who's in like the traditional like I don't know what it's called but like the tai chi garb almost. Yeah. Like it's the not, Qigong like outfit. Yeah, like a Qigong, oh, like a, a yeah, like a Qigong. That's Japanese. It's like a it's like a, <laughs> like, it's a, like a Qigong outfit. You know, like like a, like a silken like kung fu guy outfit. Yeah, like the little with the little like uh, cloth clasps going down the center. That thing. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shut up, motherfucker. All right. The so. male chi pao. So anyway, there's yeah the male chi pao yeah. So there's that guy, and then he, like his fat friend, and he like his fat friend gets the ingredients, and then they cut it up using all these traditional tools, and I'm like, this is fucking definitely Channel Eleven on Chinese TV, right? <laughs> that would be Chinese opera, dude. It is. I'll send it. I'll post it in the chat when we're done here. But like, unbelievably good. There's a good. There's a good YouTube channel that's this like old, like retired Chinese guy who just makes things out of wood. Like like he'll Love build it. like a bridge over like a creek, or he'll build like a like a traditional like wooden toy. The is, it like jung- like is it like the jungle guys, like the survival jungle guys that build that shit, like the ovens and? No, houses? this is just like Chinese grandpa who lives in the countryside, like makes okay. makes things out of like wood. Is it all made in one video? You're goddamn right. <laughs> yeah, it's like they they speed I don't, it up I'm or listen, whatever. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not a fan of watching like four part videos to watch a. a 
a bridge on the River Kwai. Like I just. <laughs> well, this is more like this is more like a bridge over Kwai's River, which is. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, so uh, Korea North. Uh, so we're going to be. How did back you up. just manage to offend Italians and Koreans in the same exact sentence? How did I offend? I said North Korean, Italian. <laughs> what an Italian accent! I'm Italian. <laughs> what do you want? I'm Italian, Irish, and Hungarian. I learned it. I t- I've been. I have a 1,200 day streak on Duolingo Italian. <laughs> I'm not. I can't speak though. We'll just drop you down in the middle of nowhere in Italy and have you fend for yourself. That's you literally the and most of these guys that are like polyglots. That's all they say. They're like, if that's, you really want to speak, good. you got to get over there and you got to be around the people and be forced into it. That's Thank like God, the, I'm, I'm Irish. The easiest way to learn Irish is to just get drunk and listen to people sing. That's all it is. <laughs> I mean, you can understand it better when you're drunk. Oh, yeah. Not that you comprehend it better, but you can understand it better. Yeah. What you, what you want is you want you want bullet language. That's what you want. You want a gun to your head, and then you'll learn anything. You know. You need like okay. a, you need accountability, or else your brain's just gonna think in your native language. So you have to. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have to yeah. be put in a situation where you can't do it. Uh, Unless, it's a it's a language thing. It's a total. It's it's a total, total language immersion. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Unless you're like Charlie, and then you just naturally know. Uh, no it just makes sense your, to me. From your letters, your your made up language with your your cousin Steve. It just makes sense to me. You speak Gaelic. <laughs> <laughs> I started your weird wizard language. I started <laughs> I started Gaelic on uh, Duolingo, dude. You should try it out, Ryan. It's it's actually really fun. But I mean, no, more, it sounds like a mess when you just leave, when you just hear it. More people are learning Gaelic on Duolingo than speak Gaelic. Like it's actually, it's actually it, reviving the language, so to speak. If I'm gonna learn something on Duolingo, it's gonna be something like Spanish. Spanish is where, yeah for you and your job too, and living where you live. Spanish is when I'm done with Duolingo Italian, my goal is to just do Spanish because it'll flow right into it too because they're very similar. yeah, it's extremely similar. Yeah, very similar. Anyway, you know what? What's not similar to Spanish? North Korean. <laughs> uh, well, we started out talking about Anna Wallace, uh, who was a uh, a woman who married a a Korean national at that time, a Japanese citizen. But she was she was the first. She she ends up eventually living in North Korea and ends up being a um, a propaganda uh, person figure during the Korean War. Um, but but her culpability in that is not really known. Um, uh, whether or not she was like all for it, or if it was because you know her and her husband had been sort of captured um, by the North Koreans, and then they were made to do it against their will. Um, we eventually find out that she probably died sometime around 1969. Uh, one of the uh, the the later defectors, uh, Charles Robert Jenkins, um, he says that he met her once and that he heard that she died in 1969. Um, of the defectors who who are mainly um, that we'll we'll start out with um, when we pick back up in the uh, in the seventies are uh, Larry Allen Abshier, who was the first in nineteen sixty two. Right, we talked about was, him last week. Yeah. Yes, and who was followed by uh, James Joseph Dresnock, mm. um, who was that same year, and then uh, Jerry Wayne Parrish, who came over in sixty three, and then Charles Robert Jenkins um, in nineteen sixty five. Right, Charles Nelson Riley. Right. Yes. Uh, kind of off topic, but when was the most recent person that defected over there? Today. Uh, the most, the <laughs> most, the most recent was in, ni- 
The most recent was in 1982, um, and we'll we'll get to him. Okay. That's when I was born. Uh-oh. Um, and one of the things we talked about, too, is that they have these defectors. Um, the North Koreans are, are very racist. They don't really want to have um, miscegenation. Um, they view it as being like a crime against the Korean people. Um, so they have these like four American men. How common um, is they, that in China, by the way, the miscegenation? I would uh, well because China is a multi-ethnic nation that has like sixty-seven, I think, recognized right. uh, minority groups. That's the recognized ones. Um, so there isn't really like like yeah, there's some like like sort of like racism and right. sort of like nationalism, like like some race science level stuff, and also people like. If you marry someone who like broke their arm, like your children could have arm problems because that person <laughs> had a broken arm, like that level of stuff. So wait, um, is China you China's unique in that regard though, right? In that part of the world? No, it's that's like, actually somewhat of a common thing in, in like Asian sort of like older cultures. No, this, no, no, this no, no. Belief, I, I mean that China has all the distinct ethnic groups and, and miscegenation, whereas like the other like Japan I know is really bad with that. You're not you're still well, to this day looked down on when you marry foreigners. Well, well, Japan lives off is like Poland, where they live off the lie that they're they're a mono culture, yeah. that they're like mono ethnic, <laughs> that like they're mono ethnic because they like either like forcibly removed or genocided all the all the people that lived there originally. I love Polish um, people, but the country is a mess. <laughs> um, because there's like other peoples that lived in those areas, and in order to create this sort of like modern sort of nationalist image of the country, they kick the other people out. Um, and with uh, with China, it's also too like they they sort of look at people like if if like one of the ethnic groups is like a Muslim and the family isn't Muslim, like they're, like they're they're leery about marrying into that. Um, because there's a lot of things too. Because technically, if you're Muslim, you can't celebrate a lot of the Chinese holidays because the Chinese holidays are all uh, pagan festivals. Well, and they not serve the same- they serve pork fried rice at everything. Oh my god! <laughs> you have to eat it to get in. It's you can't. Fast. You have to take a scoop to get in. Um, Wait, did you do your scoop? But but it's not get like out. it's not like Christianity where you have like Christmas and it's been co opted. Like like the like the autumn the mid autumn festival is literally like a festival to the moon goddess, and they don't like hide the fact that it's the moon goddess. So like yeah, that's the <laughs> moon goddess Chang'e. Um, Who? So so if you're a Muslim, you can't really did you, you just, can't really you call her a helicopter a Chinook. What? No, Chong Uh. Chong Uh. Oh, okay. I love that um, shit. That's the that's the best. But I like, apologize. That, that was a shitty fucking attack helicopter joke. Let me. <laughs> yeah. Let me Ryan, you're fired but, for the next five minutes. <laughs> but Fuck. it's it's one of those things too, where like because it's this festival, like if you're a Muslim, you can't celebrate like a pagan festival like that. Uh, yeah. So. Well, you're not supposed to. But well, you're not you supposed know. to. But I know Muslims. But like that generally, celebrate if you're Christmas. a practicing Muslim, you know. If like, you're if like, you're serious about it, right? Isn't that what the yeah? That's if, the you're, if you're if you're a practicing serious Muslim, you will, yeah. you will not take part in a pagan event, right? Same with it's like, same with Catholicism too. I mean, technically, yes. Um, but with uh, uh, Korea, it's 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 very different. Um, there there are sort of like Chinese uh, minorities in um, Korea, but a lot of them got essentially like kicked out of uh, North Korea and South Korea. Um, and so they're very much like North Korea is very much like a monoculture and, and it becomes increasingly so. And the culture of North Korea, which will go into what we're going to talk about today, also becomes more and more cut off from the rest of the world and even South Korean culture, um, because the North Koreans even begin abducting South Koreans in order to teach them uh, culture because the cultural divide between the two countries has become so great 
that uh, their own spies don't really know how to act and behave in <laughs> South Korea. So, wait a minute. So, the, wait, I, I, I might have misheard you, but did you just say the North Koreans were abducting the South Koreans to make more North Koreans? No, to make spies, like to train uh, people. Like, okay. because it's it's like, you know, like that old, like, like thing from like World War Two where they do like baseball shit. Right. Where they're like trying to find like German spies, which was all mostly like bullshit and paranoia. Yeah. Which yeah. is one of the reasons why it was successful. Like, because yeah. at one point at the Battle of the Bulge, they, um, I believe it was a general. They they essentially held at gunpoint and made him like give off like baseball stands. Oh my god! What? I have never heard yeah. of that before. That's crazy. yeah. So let me let me let me let the idiot of the group here explain You're this. You're not so an idiot. Here, Stop it. The, he, here, the rumor was that if you were you could sniff out Germans that were German spies by making them talk about baseball stats from the well, 40s it was, it was because like, they would have no idea about them. They would be like ah 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 because it was the popular culture because there had been. Uh, there, at the Battle of the Bulge, there had famously been um, part of what was called the Brandenburger Group, which was like a commando group. They had American uniforms on and were like causing, trying to cause chaos. Um, the main way you could tell the difference was, but was by the underwear, because the the German underwear was was different from American underwear. Right, they were still using like I believe uh, like swaddling cloths, right? <laughs> no, <Nah, laughs> like, they were still on off like, through the loom. You knew it was we German <laughs> because it took him forever to get out of the toilet because he was he was girding up his loins. They, so. they wore those they wore those weird boxer briefs that, or, or the tight boxer briefs. You know the ones I'm talking about? No, I am not German. I am wearing Joe Boxer. <laughs> Hey, I like boxer briefs. Itch, itch bit I only wear boxer briefs, dude. I like the com- I like the size of the boxer with the comfort and support of the boxer brief. You know what there I mean? We go. Yeah. Okay. Women don't understand. You know, your balls—they fucking are all over the place. You know. I can't do regular boxers. I just can't I, do I it. Can't. I, I tried doing support. it in high school, and I was like, "What is this? My balls yeah. are like behind no. me. Like, what is going Not okay. on?" I need that support that the box of briefs provide. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know how people do it. But one of the things that happened with the four guys was originally they hooked them up with uh, with North Korean women that with they boxers. believed. Yes, with boxers. <laughs> uh, North they Korean got boxers. a single pair. They had to make them last. But they, they hooked them up with, with North Korean women that they believed were barren who were not actually barren. Oh, the word wow. barren is fucking Wait. terrible. These were the, the sol- these were the soldiers that we talked about last week. Yeah, these these defectors they were they were essentially given these North Korean women to be their like their minders and their like their housekeepers, but also to like fill the role of wives mm. because they believed that they were incapable of bearing children that they were gotcha. that they were uh, barren, but in actuality uh, they weren't because one of them um, uh, got pregnant um, by by Abshir, um, so they took all of them away. Mm. So now, okay. <sighs> Am I gonna be sorry? I asked what happened to the woman that we got pregnant by Absher. I they don't say. I, I imagine they oh, like. Oh God. <laughs> I, I imagine they just like had her get an abortion, and they're like, "Yeah, you, you're gonna go do something else now." Huh. I guess that's better than her just you know go taking a ride in a car and just never being seen again. Yeah. Uh, I guess that is possible, but I don't. I don't think they would have held it against her because the original purpose was for them because they because they assumed they couldn't get pregnant. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Fair but but what happens in the seventies is they also begin abducting people from Japan, and at the time this was something that was like 
um, just in the realm of like conspiracy theory, um, that a, a lot of these people who were uh, abducted were, were just sort of like average Japanese people. They were not any anything like sort of special. Um, though they, um, it, for a long time, uh, a lot of people would, would sort of like suspected this, but um, the, the Japanese government never really looked into it too much because it just sounded outlandish. Um, and you also had groups within Japan that were um, that that were sort of like going against it, such as the the Japanese Socialist Party, um, and also um, the uh, Chung Rion, which was one of the uh, the Korean groups in um, Japan that is sort of like aligned with North Korea. Aren't they still around? I've heard that. Yes, yeah, I've yes. Chung recently. Chung Chung Rion is is still around. Uh, they're they're actually. Um, uh, a lot of members of Chongryan are um, like the wealthier ones are, are big into the uh, pachinko industry. Um, what is that? You don't pachinko know, you like don't know a, what pachinko is? Oh, it's like sounds a gambling... like, It sounds like a, a Microsoft Windows 95 pre-installed it is, game. It probably it is a, was. It is a uh, <laughs> it's sort of like a, a slot machine type game. You ever you see have... uh, you ever play I'm just going to I'm going to like hijack this. You ever, <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch Prices Right? Absolutely. You remember Plinko? Absolutely. It's like advanced super Plinko. It's like Plinko combined with a pinball machine and like a slot machine in terms of like and like what you're seeing. And essentially what happens is is that you 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 put in a ball, um, which are like these sort of like small metal balls. Yeah. And depending on where the ball goes in the pachinko thing, like it like it sort of like goes down the pins. Right. Which oftentimes are, are sort of like rigged. Um, depending on where it goes. I mean, of course. You win more, of the time. <laughs> you win, yeah, you win more balls. And the balls can be exchanged for um, prizes. Um, and then the prizes can be exchanged like at a place around the corner for money. Yeah, because, Man, because it is a good goddamn thing that I have never heard of this before, and that nowhere around Gainesville has pachinko gambling. Well, because well, pachinko is oh is my a, god, it's a Japanese uh, phenomenon. Uh, like if you go to a pachinko parlor, it's sort of like a wall of sound because usually the the buildings are soundproofed. So when the sliding doors open, you just hear like essentially like the loudest casino you've ever heard. Like and it's David also Busters. full of smoke. It is ten times louder than a fucking yeah. David Buster. <laughs> and and they they have like a lot of like um like properties too with the the pachinko machines. Like right. one of the things too that people were complaining about was uh, Konami was like going all in on their pachinko branch as opposed to like making actual like video games. Yeah, Konami was like obsessed over their pachinko, but, but they were not, weren't but, doing but shit it would for be their like, games. But it would be like Neon Genesis Evangelion pachinko, and depending on what you got, um, you would get like videos and stuff. And mm-hmm. they would also do like a slot machine as well, where it have that aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, a lot of I'm looking them, these up. There's a Silent Hill pachinko machine. Yes. Yeah, there's there's one for like everything. Everything, oh, dude. Fuck. It's, it's like slot machines. It's like slot machines. Yeah, exactly. See, we had oh. the same thought. It's like slot machines, dude. You know how like there's like yeah the the, the Dallas slot machine and the Breaking yeah. Bad slot machine. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I go Who with shot Dallas? JR? That's like a reference <laughs> nobody's gonna know. That was perfect. Um, though. This guy goes. This guy, the first show he thought of was fucking Dallas. But uh, it's believed that. Um, a lot of this money, because because Pachinko's gone into because because Mario said that Koreans in Japan, um, previously in our in our episode about Ricky Dozen that they're considered sort of like second class citizens. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of like a 
it's sort of like a way to make a lot of money that that's like less scrupulous so a lot of like japanese people don't want to get into it because it's also involved with the yakuza who also do have a heavy component of um of sort of like japanese koreans in it um, so real quick question then at these parlors these pachinko parlors that i'm looking at and these things uh, first and foremost yeah wow um but they're not regulated they they are like because it's one of the, in Japan and as well as a lot of Asia, there's a lot of things on the books where it's illegal. Like for instance, it's illegal to gamble outside of like the designated casinos, but you're technically not gambling for money because you're exchanging. You're, you're essentially doing the equivalent of exchanging tickets at like Chuck E. Cheese or like Dave and Buster for like an item, like some right. shitty item behind the desk. Right. But what you do is they have it set up so that you just go to the store, like the the pawn shop next door, and then you turn that in for cash. And it's and it's not like you're and it's not like you're you're sort of like doing something that's not intended. Like like that's sort of like the no, yeah, like nudge yeah, nudge yeah. way of getting around it. And yeah, because yeah. like most things in Asia, as long as they can sort of say that the law is being upheld and, and everything's fine while you're still breaking it without drawing attention to that fact, everything is fine. That's exactly well, that's exactly how the Yakuza worked. Well, well yeah, it's we're not laughing like the, about the machines being rigged. What I'm saying is these gigantic casinos of just, you know, the pachinko machines, are they actually rigged? Or well, is it well, like well, the yeah, wink, wink, nudge, they, nudge of the casino slot machines being rigged where they're not really well, rigged they, and they are maintained by the Nevada Gambling Commission, which makes sure that they're technically not rigged. It's just your odds of winning are infinitesimally low. Well, they are well, rigged, think, though. Well, I think I think they do bring in people, but there are like like they do bring in guys that that sort of like uh, hammer the pins, like like technicians that know how to like expertly just slightly um, affect the pins so that the balls will go a certain way. Gotcha. So like okay. so like just to correct something, uh, all those machines like slot machines, all that stuff's rigged. It's set. Those odds are the rigging. Like if you go in there, you know the machine legally has to pay out every so often. But because you don't know, the chances of you winning are like so tiny, and you have to pump so much money into it. And they work around those numbers and distract you and try to keep you playing certain games. And they'll hire people to sit at some of those those machines. Like they've been sued so many times in the last yeah. fifty years. It's it's super rigged at every casino. You basically. I mean, you that's know, why I don't. That's why I don't ever gamble with like machines or anything like that. If I gamble, it's at a card cards, table. Yeah. It's like blackjack or something like that. Play, yeah, play hold'em, play blackjack, yeah. keno, stuff like that. Yeah. Apparently, um, apparently, keno is very fair if you know how it works. Like, I've heard that. Well, it's like it's like that in like baccarat because baccarat. Baccarat, is, yeah, uh, yep, yeah. Baccarat's a fifty-fifty chance because it's always the joke about James Bond is they say he's good at playing baccarat, but it's impossible to be good at playing baccarat. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's literally a fifty-fifty chance. Yeah, he's really good at guessing. Um, well, there's even that component in baccarat. <laughs> <laughs> um. Most of the Japanese nationals that are kidnapped by the North Korean agents are in their 20s. Uh, the youngest of them that we know about um, is a girl named, or, or who I'd say was a girl named uh, Megumi uh, Yokota, who was uh, taken at the age of 13. Um, she disappeared in November of 1977, um, and most of these people um, were from uh, cities in, uh, in Niigata, um, which is a, uh, a province of Japan. Okay. And 
and Niigata is is one of those provinces where if you look at it, um, it's not far from uh, North Korea. Like it's it's one of those ones where it faces the Sea of Japan, um, and you could very easily um, you could very easily like sort of like take someone on a boat there and take them to uh, North Korea. Okay. Without without crossing through uh, South Korean waters. So nobody would know. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of what happens because um, these these people who are who are usually abducted to teach um, Japanese language and culture to North Korean spies, um, and, and some of them also are, are sort of kidnapped to like take their identities um, mm-hmm. to use abroad as spies. Because remember, this is the seventies. Like if you if you steal someone's identity, there's not a lot of like easy ways to to sort of like find out um, if that if they're really that person. Mm. And literally to steal an identity is just figure out what like their name is and get a well, picture like, idea of them. Because like one of the ways, and, and this is a lot of the ways too that's still done with uh, with like illegal immigrants who get uh, quote unquote fake IDs, um, who have like who have like what are legit social security cards, but they're usually attached to somebody who like died at birth. Yeah. Or or it died like as a baby. Yeah. Um. um and and it's also believed that some of the women that were um, that were kidnapped as well. Were, were sort of to be uh, wives uh, for uh, for Japanese terrorists that were based in North Korea, um, communist terrorists, um, the the Yodo Go uh, terrorist group, um, who had to sort of been involved in um, in attacking um, airlines. They had hijacked a, a, a Japan Airlines flight in 1970, and they had been hiding out in North Korea. And it's believed that they they had sort of uh, procured them to be wives for these Japanese terrorists. Wow. Okay. Um, and like I said, uh, most of this is denied Procured. by the, by the North Koreans and its uh, and and the people who sympathize with um, North Korea. Um, and and despite people like asking the Japanese government to look into this, uh, the Japanese government wouldn't really do it because there wasn't really much to go on. Um, and and like I said, most of them were were sort of chosen. Um, by the North Koreans to be abducted, but we but we believe uh, that uh, that Megumi uh, Yakota that that she was um, that she was not uh, absolutely chosen um, because she was 13 at the time she was abducted. She had been walking home from school um, in uh, to her seaside village, um, and it's believed that she had been abducted because she had se- she had seen the North Korean agents um, operating, and that because of that they they just sort of kidnapped her to silence her. Good lord. What? Good. What? Um, Jeez. Uh, it, it's believed that they that they dragged her um, into a boat and took her to North Korea, uh, where she would be taught at a facility the the Korean language, um, and that she was eventually assigned to a university where North Korean spies were taught foreign language customs and practices. Mm. Um, and um, it, it's also believed too that we know that she also met at that. Um, at the facility, she met two South Korean high school students we had mentioned before, who were aged 18 and 16, um, who had been abducted in August of 1977. Um, um, and one of them also became her, her husband, um, Kim Yong-nam. Um, they, they eventually married, um, but they, they became um, separated uh, from each other. Um, and uh, Yongnam eventually uh, uh, married a- another uh, woman. So they got married, got separated, done. Yeah, that that like because of the nature of of, of them being like virtual prisoners. Okay. Um, 
another another Japanese national that we know was taken uh, was uh, Yeko uh, Taguchi, um, who had been working at a, a hostess bar in Tokyo, um, and that she had uh, two children that she was raising, a one-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter, um, at the time of her abduction, and she herself was a single mom, um, having divorced her husband. Um, she disappeared in June of 1978 at the age of 22, uh, right after dropping her children off at their daycare center. Oof. Okay. Um, we know about her because she was forced to train a North Korean spy named uh, Kim uh, Hyun Hwe, um, who was the who was the surviving uh, bomber of Korean Flight 858. Okay, so this is all right. I'm hearing, you know, I, the one thing I can't understand is how. How, how do these people not just fuck with them? You know what I mean? I well, need you to teach this guy all your Korean customs. All right, okay, let's 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 back up. Ryan, you're getting abducted. I need you to teach you know this this person of you know unspecified descent to how to be an American. <laughs> do you know how hard I would fuck with them? Well, <laughs> well, yeah, but you have to remember, like, if if you're training them poorly or they think you're giving them bad information, like, they're gonna torture you. They're they're gonna make it so that you that you want to die and you you're not able right, to. Right, like the difference. But how would they that- know? They're kidnapping me to because, teach them. How would they know? Because if they're infiltrating people into like South Korea or Japan and they're instantly getting got, which does happen, um, <laughs> which which has happened a lot of Fucking times, usually because their clothes were bad. They would yeah, come like, into my cell and be like, <laughs> "But they're gonna peel I would laugh off right your their toenails, faces they killed me. <laughs> they're gonna peel your toenails off. Yeah, they're they're gonna like, <laughs> like Ryan, they're, you'll they're, be joke, you'll be joking around and like think it's hilarious, and then they just come in there and go like, "Well, you've been doing great work. We're gonna peel off all your toenails." <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You guy got, got capped. <laughs> got him. <laughs> <laughs> got him. It was worth. I'm screaming. <laughs> you're screaming like you're like ah, worth it. Uh. <laughs> Get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> Get Kim Il-sung in here. Fuck See, you, it, okay. guy. The line of thinking I have is, look, if I'm that deep into some shit, I'm going to die anyway. Fuck it. Very, Why go out like I, a bitch? I don't know. Make them, at, make, them make asses but out of themselves. I'm going to die You have to anyway. remember a lot of these A lot of these people are, are like sort of like... Um, Normal? They're, they're in their 20s, <laughs> yeah. I think self-preservation kicks in, by the way. Um, yeah, because. Okay. Because we, I mean, it sounds good from the comfort of my own home to say this exactly, shit. Exactly, it would be yeah. really different if, it, yeah. if I was actually in a North Korean prison. But uh, <laughs> Korean Korean flight eight fifty eight though was bombed in nineteen eighty seven, so we didn't really find out about it until Who? Um, uh, find out about her abduction really until then until this uh, until this uh, North Korean agent testified. Wait a minute, they had airlines in nineteen eighty seven. I thought that was a recent, more recent development for them. I'm sorry, I didn't what? realize that they what, had Korean air? air travel, like North Korean travel, air travel. No, no, this was a South Korean airline flight that was blown up. No, no, no. oh, okay. Wow. So they did not have well, air yeah, travel air, in North well, Korea. Air, air, North Korea has, has air travel. Everybody in the world had air travel by that point. Like every country had its own like airline. Look at me like you're like. Don't judge me. How you not figure that out? This entire country is so far behind. I'm just surprised that they had air travel back then. Well, you have to remember until until like the late 70s, like North Korea was like the better Korea. Like it was North North Korea had the highest standard of living in Asia in the 1960s, like more so than Japan. Really? Yeah, it wasn't until recently that things like sort of fell. I don't know. This sounds bad investments. This sounds questionable. 
North Korea sounds sus. <laughs> like, Although, to be fair, Afghanistan also looked beautiful in, what, the 40s, the 50s? What's, what's also the reason why people talk about, like, oh, the Soviet Union was like a hellhole, but every, like, old person, like, fondly remembers the Soviet Union, because until, like, things got really bad in, in the 80s, like, they're like, yeah, it was great, you know, we, we could have a family, we could, you know... God, things, why does that sound familiar? Old people reminisce about it. Current people say it sucks. You could you could have a family and all that. God, what? But, but yeah, things in things in uh, North Korea, very much like Cuba, don't begin to go uh, downhill until like the eighties, and then after the the collapse of the Soviet Union um, in the nineties, things become like hellish. Oh God. Okay. Um. But uh, but uh, but Kim, she she testifies. That uh, that Taguchi was her um, that that she was like her, one of her like teachers, um, and that she had been given the uh, Korean named uh, Lee uh, Unhei, um, and that she also said that that Taguchi would often uh, weep, um, uh, telling her about how much she missed her children. Um, it there's still some belief that she may have still been alive um, in the early 2000s, but but we're not entirely sure because she was not released. Um, along with the other uh, Japanese nationals that are released later on. So theoretically, she could still be there to this day. Possibly, if she's still alive. Um, another uh, two more Japanese nationals that were taken were uh, Kaoru uh, Hasueke and his uh, girlfriend, uh, Yukiko uh, Okuda. Um, they were uh, they were abducted um, from uh, Kashi uh, Wazaki in, in Niigata uh, Prefecture on July 19th, 1978. Did you just um, name a location, or did you name like a strip mall? Like what? What? What it was, was that? It was a town. A town. Okay. In in Niigata Prefecture. Okay. Um, uh, at that time, uh, Hosueke, uh was a uh, he was a law student, um, and then eventually him and his girlfriend married in May of 1980, um, and they would have two children, uh, Shigeo and uh, Katsuya, a daughter and a son. So, real quick, just because I'm curious, what is a national? Is that just a, like a, a fancy pish posh way of saying citizen? Well, yeah, you're if you're you're a national if you have like citizenship in a it, like like if you're like a natural born citizen of that country, you're a national. Okay, that was it. I hear the term thrown around. I'm like, why don't they just say citizen? I, I feel like it's a very like hoity toity. Well, you way can of be like citizen. a citizen, but not like a national, I guess. Yeah. So you're only a national if you're born, like a naturally born citizen? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I believe a lot of it's just semantics, but but I believe, yeah, that's the like the, the traditional definition. I mean, I don't use okay. semantics. Any virus. <laughs> I, wanna, I can't wait to the first time I hear somebody in the wild say American national. I'm just going to be like, get the fuck out of my They face. say that. That's a thing. Wait, I, I think I've never heard it. I've never heard it being said. I've always heard nationals as being referred to other countries. So if someone who's on, if someone who's American centric, you know, media. If someone who speaks English, um, like waves around the Italian flag and tells you they're Italian, that's an American national. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's a and if it's a hot dog and it's kosher, then it's a Hebrew national. That's correct. <laughs> Correct. See, Steve's got it down. See, you just got to work on it. If you go to a bar and everyone in there is Irish, those are American nationals. 
And if you're in a baseball stadium that's one quarter full and of a losing team, those are the Washington Nationals. That's correct. And if you're in a beautiful black car that goes really fast but looks like it shouldn't, that's a Grand National. Oh man, I was just telling my roommate about the Buick Grand National. Favorite like, car. I was looking them up. I was looking them up to see what the prices are. Uh, Ridic. Yeah, it's something expensive. north of. They're close to six figures if you have like real low like a restored nice one. Yeah, they're fucking great. Specifically, like eighty five is like the. the you know what they look like? They look like a car that was designed for a movie like Death Race, and. They took a couple of the pieces off of it, but they left most. Like, you get in it, and you look at it, and you're like, my God. Like, And then you, you press the gas, and it sounds like a Mack truck is going down the road. <laughs> and you're just like, holy fuck. You push the gas, and all of a sudden you're at your destination with no memory you of how you got there. You the last push the seven gas, seconds. and you're immediately pulled over. and and the cop's not there to write you a ticket he's there to be like can't believe a grand national nice (laughs) (laughs) um uh, another japanese national that was taken is uh uh, hitomi soga who was a uh, nurse she had been returning from shopping with her 46 year old mother uh miyoshi uh soga um when they were abducted um from uh by north koreans uh, from their uh, their village of uh, Manocho, uh, which is which is today part of modern uh, Sado City in, in Niigata, and this was on August twelfth, nineteen seventy eight. Um, they were taken uh, as well to North Korea to train um, agents in Japanese customs and language. Um, she would be separated from her mother, um, and after they were separated, she never heard from her mother again. I just want to go back. How the fuck is it Buick? That makes the Grand National Buick, of all Buick. car companies. It's yeah. fucking beautiful. Because it was at the time in the eighties when, in the seventies when they were all had to have a sports car. So like everybody yeah, how is had it Buick one. that makes like the fucking creme de la creme. I mean, like the well, Firebird and the Trans Am really, don't touch that shit. It's really just us that likes it. I mean, the Camaro doesn't touch that you, shit. Me the and, Mustang doesn't touch it. They may have it in looks, but as far as and I got to be honest, power, Ryan, like as far as like who likes that car. The fact that we don't have big, burly mustaches is very odd for the group. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, we're talking I, my about... My mustache can't get big and bushy. I can't get a big, bushy mustache. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. I can't either. It gets patchy. Um, and the North Koreans gave, uh, gave Hitomi uh, the name... Uh, big, the, bushy the mustache. The Korean name uh, uh, Min uh, Hyegyong... <laughs> Um, Mi, as well Min, after she was Min Ping Yong, is that what you said? Hegyong. Hegyong. Okay. Uh, in 1980, um, she was introduced to uh, to Jenkins um, at that time. Um, Jenkins, who was 40. Leroy Jenkins. Leroy. <laughs> he was 40. Uh, he was almost dead. Because remember, it's Charles Charles Robert Jenkins. Uh, he's got like like 30 more years left in him. <laughs> 37 actually almost 40 um but um jesus christ (laughs) but he was uh she was uh she at the age of 21 was essentially given to him by the north koreans um and after 38 days um from meeting they were they were married Mm. listen all seven of you that are listening to this please remember that what he just said was that a a state just gave a human being to somebody so appreciate the fact that 
if you're one of the four people in America that are listening to this, that you live in America, that the United States not government is not just going to give well, you wait. to somebody. We have seven listeners? I gotta write that down in my bullet journal. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. I don't get um, the metrics. <laughs> but they would they would have two daughters um, who are still, still alive. Uh, Roberta uh, Mika Jenkins, born in 1983, and Brenda Carol Jenkins, uh, born in 1985. Hmm. Um, Dresnok, who had been married previously to his time in captivity, uh, would be married two more times after defecting to North Korea. Um, the first of his marriages was to a Romanian woman uh, named uh, uh, Doina uh, uh, Bombia, um, and she was referred to as Donna in um, Jenkins' autobiography. Bombia. Bom, Wait, so North bom. Korea believes in divorce? Well, well, he he divorced his he divorced his wife, I think, because he because uh, remember he I, I said that um, when Dresnok like went home on leave, he found out his wife was with another man. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so and and that was like one of the reasons why he defected because he was like he had like strong like divorcee energy. Um, <laughs> He's strong forty year old single dad energy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they would they would have two sons, uh, Theodore. Uh, uh, Ricardo Dresdok, who went by Ted, who was born in 1980, um, and James Gabriel and uh, Dresdok, and Simon, who was who was born around uh, 1982. Theodore, Bombia was born on uh, January 25th, uh, 1950, in uh, Bucharest, uh, Romania. Really? Um, and it and in 1970, um, she left Romania to go to Italy. Uh, where she was briefly married to an Italian citizen for two years. Um, she studied uh, fine art and became a painter, and in 1978 she met an Italian um, who was allegedly an art dealer who promised that she would have a job as a gallery curator in Tokyo um, if she made an art exhibition um, in Pyongyang, North Korea first. Um, she oh she accepted this. We have to remember, too, she's from Romania, which is also a communist country. Um, so, her going to do this in a communist country probably sounds like more legit to to like her than us because you know as a communist national right. it's a lot easier to go between communist countries. Uh-huh. Um, uh, according to Jenkins, um, that that uh, Jenkins. that this that um, <laughs> oh, Leroy that, that, himself that North Korea would um, that this was her that she was kidnapped as part of a, a quote-unquote spouse sourcing program that I mentioned to sort of, like, hook up American defectors um, with um, foreign brides so that they were not ethnically mixing uh, with um, ethnic Koreans. That's what, uh, that's what uh, Bumble's for, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you're Matt Gates, right? Yeah. You're just looking for ethnic Cubans. <laughs> Can you just just Google into or can you just ah oh, fuck you can, all right never mind let's say can you just Google into Bumble I want an ethnic son <laughs> <laughs> wow you probably you probably can <laughs> it's sad thing is you probably can it just you gotta use a uh, grinder instead oh no that'd be more of like a Batman Ward situation yeah. like this this college age boy that you're paying for his classes and he lives with you yeah that's very he's sus my, he's my Matt ward Matt Gates is sus he's my ward I took him from the Iron you know, Bruce, Man in the Iron Isles Bruce, yeah Bruce Wade just has this uh, this like 20 year old guy that lives with him and he pays for all his college classes 
a former a former acrobat, you know, very limber. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Jerry, Jerry Wayne Parrish would would briefly be married to a Lebanese woman, uh, or I should say not briefly. He was he was married. The other ones would briefly be married too. Uh, he was married to a Lebanese woman named uh, Saham uh, Klinger Sharita Maxwell um, Klinger, and, and together they had uh, three sons. Um, uh, two of them we know the names of are Michael and Ricky, um, and all of them still live in in North Korea as well as their mom. Um, in his autobiography, Jenkins says that uh, Saham and three other uh, Lebanese women uh, were lured to North Korea under false pretenses and were then married to the Americans. Um, however, what did they uh, like? Promise them lunch, and it never showed up. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> well, I think they promised them like jobs, you know, because they're from like Lebanon, which is a developing nation, and like these guys are like, oh yeah, we got this this whole career set up for you. You're gonna be making good money, you know, in North mm, Korea. Got you. Um, Cloud so, on stick. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, one of them, he says, was well connected and got all four of them returned, but because uh, Siham was already pregnant, um, her family sent her back to uh, North Korea. Holy shit! Um, uh, Siham, who who appears in the documentary film that that focuses around Dresnok called Crossing the Line, uh, she denies these allegations um, and says that. Um, that she went there by her own choice. But again, we don't know how factual this is, you know, because she's living in North Korea. Um, she and her children are still there to this day. We're not entirely sure what their status are. So, okay, now here's my thing. Uh, we have effectively kind of broken through that, like, dome of silence in North Korea. Like, they have the ability to access the internet, you know, uh, albeit illegally, but they can have the ability if they do so choose to does the fact that we have not had any sort of um you know contact or news about them coming well, out of the state mean anything well these are high profile people that are watched everything is like very siloed like just because you can access the internet you can't be like oh yeah i saw her at the safeway the other day like like no like these these people are essentially like prisoners um okay. and and like and if you're if you're like somebody who's like from outside like Pyongyang, you probably don't have any idea what's going on in Pyongyang unless you're um, unless you have some sort of like contact that's telling you. Right. Okay. And the internet is not that widespread, and it is something that can get you like killed for having it. Holy shit! Are you serious? Yeah. Like they they have like the TVs there that only get the four channels. Right. They're they're most of them are antenna TVs, and they have a sticker on them. And if you try to modify them to sort of like tune into other channels. Like that—that's like a, a high crime. What? Yeah. And like having having like DVDs from like outside like uh, North Korea or, or anything like that is considered like a high crime as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that was a high crime. So yeah, they're like like people can access the internet, but it's only like certain people who are vetted and like they're watched. So it's not the idea that like if you can get on the internet, like because they do have cell phones now there, but it's but it's all like monitored. It's like the worst IT that you've ever had in your life. Just um, monitoring everything you're doing up to the second. Yeah, we get chat box pops up. Did you did you need some help? Where where were you going? Did you try to type in Google? That's not an approved website. <laughs> Back up there, homeboy. Um It's it's Bonsai Buddy, but it's North Korean Bonsai Buddy. <laughs> no, it's fucking clippy. What do you mean Bonsai <laughs> Buddy? It's clippy that they use. You know it's gotta be something just totally devoid of soul. Um one of the one of the women who was kidnapped was a Thai national named uh, Anocha uh, Penjoy, 
um, and she was abducted uh, by agents in Macau on May 21st, 1978. You go with that word national again. Um, she herself was from... Uh, it's a good from, band, The National. From, uh, from Chiang Mai the first album was better, in, though. He started trying to do, like, like just insane music now. First, what are you uh, talking about? Steely Dan? No, The National. It's a, it's a, it's a band. There's a band called The National. They're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, but uh, Pan Joy herself, she's, she was originally born in uh, Chiang Mai province um, in northern Thailand, which is like a big like like tourist destination. Um, her father, uh, interestingly enough, was a veteran of the Korean War. Um, and um, her mother had died while she was a child. Um, her father would uh, would die about three months before uh, anybody became aware of what happened to her. Um, she graduated from high school um, and moved to Bangkok um, and then to Macau, where she uh, worked as a, a massage therapist at a at a hotel there. Um, on May twenty first, nineteen seventy eight, um, she left her apartment, telling her friend she was going to a local beauty parlor. Um, according to Jenkins in his book. Um, that, that she had been um, abducted um, after agreeing to take a man uh, claiming to be a Japanese tourist on a guided uh, boat tour. That's terrifying, dude. Um, on a nearby beach, she was ambushed, uh, forced onto a boat, um, and then taken to North Korea. Um, so before before she arrived in Pyongyang, um, she was uh, she was sent to meet with um, uh, Larry Abshier. Um, the the U.S. defector, right? Um, and there, uh, she was forced to marry him. And in 1980, uh, they moved into an apartment near Jenkins and his uh, his wife uh, Hitomi Soga. Um, uh, Panjoy would, uh, <laughs> would become close with them, um, and eventually, what happened is um, Abshir died in 1983 of like a sudden uh, heart attack. Hmm. Um, and and Jenkins owes this is true because after it happened. Um, like Panjoy uh, came to them for like help because like because her husband was like dying of a heart attack and she like needed help. Okay. Um, she would continue to be close with them until 1989 uh, when she married um, and then eventually married an East German uh, businessman uh, who worked for the government. Um, this was the last time that that Jenkins and Soga saw uh, Panjoy, um, and this was shortly before she got married. Um. And he says as well that, that Pandroy herself was not obviously like willing to be in North Korea and wished to return to Thailand and be re- reunited with her family. Um, the next American defector to, to sort of briefly, uh, or, or not so briefly, join the crew was uh, Roy Chung, um, who himself was, uh, was the son of, um, or say his family were South Korean immigrants, um, who came to the United States in 1973. Um, according to his father, um, Roy had joined the uh, the army in order to get education benefits. Um, Roy himself um, uh, disappeared and was reported AWOL on June 5th, 1979, while serving in a unit near uh, Beirut, West Germany, about uh, 30 miles from the borders of uh, Czechoslovakia and uh, East Germany. It's insane to me that they just abduct people from all over the globe. Just um, doesn't fucking matter. They'll just grab you. They'll after just straight up black bag, you run right in a truck, drive you to an airport, fly to North Korea. Hi, you're ours now. Like that's after, terrifying. After about thirty days, he was uh, classified as a deserter by the United States military, um, 
And uh, at that time, he was 22 years old in a private first class. Um, so they mon- didn't know what happened. They just said he deserted. Yeah, he just disappeared, which in the army, like, I guess it happens in the army, but usually they just they just put you down as a deserter. And then, like, if you show up, you, like, you you get, uh, you either get, like, a court-martial or whatever, and then you, you do time. Right. Unless you're like, yo, I got fucking yoinked by the North Koreans to teach these assholes how to be better Americans. My love um, for okay. you is ticking clock deserter. <laughs> yeah, fuck. But about... About two months after he disappeared, um, North Korean's International Broadcasting Service, Radio Pyongyang, uh, which today is called Voice of Korea, um, announced his defection to North Korea, stating, uh, quote-unquote, he could no longer endure the disgraceful life of national insult and maltreatment he had to lead in the United States imperialist aggressor army. I'm saying, though. Mm. I mean, he's not Um, wrong. Not wrong. I'm saying, though. He, he's different from the other four men who deserted as well, obviously, because uh, he did not cross over into the demilitarized zone. He was um, uh, abducted while in um, a, a foreign country. Right. Um, uh, in 2004, the filmmaker uh, Nicholas Bonner, who was one of the co-creators of the Crossing the Line documentary, um, reported that he had heard that Chung had died of natural causes. Um um, Chung's family as well and, and Korean American groups believe that he had been abducted and was not a defector um, and they, they compared his um, abduction uh, to that of the uh, the two film directors uh, the film director and actress we discussed last time um, that it was very similar to theirs especially the actress uh, Choi uh, Yun-hee we can assume that most of these people in the year of our lord 2022 have passed away uh, most likely um, and we'll we'll get to uh, two of them that we know that the the older ones that that died. Um, so the uh, officials from the the U.S. government um, at the time stated that they had no reason to doubt um, North Korea's claims of defection, um, but they also made no major inquiries into the matter um, because uh, Chung wasn't considered a security threat due to his lack of access to um, anything classified. Because remember, he was just a private. Right. Um, in 1982. Uh, Jenkins would appear in the North Korean film Unsung Heroes, which provided the first evidence to the West that he was still alive. Um, the U.S. government did not publicly reveal this information until 1996. Hmm. Um, the sixth defector, uh, Joseph T. White, um, would, would defect soon after this. Uh, he himself is, is kind of kind of odd. Uh, he, he was uh, born to Norval and Kathleen White um, and had four, and had four uh, siblings, um, and this is in uh, Missouri. Um, and he had four siblings and volunteered for the 1980 uh, presidential campaign for Ronald Reagan uh, before he could vote. <laughs> in, in in 1979, um, he was active in the uh, YMCA model legislature, and he introduced a bill. Uh, um, as part of that body requiring 11 months of reserve military service for all 18-year-old males. Um, I don't also, disagree with that, to be fair. He was also a member of the Boy Scouts and volunteered at a muscular dystrophy uh, camp. Um, in 1980 as well, um, he introduced another bill in the model legislature that called for Missouri to withdraw from the Union and um, and had a list of quote-unquote present abuses and injustices of the federal government. Um, he attempted to apply to West Point, but was rejected, um, and he attended to join the Army directly, 
but was persuaded by his parents to attend the Kemper Military School um, in Boonville, uh, Missouri. Mm, okay. uh, the, the school commandant remembered White as an introvert and a loner, um, and White would subsequently drop out of school and enlist in the Army as an infantryman. Um, after, after completing uh, basic um, and um, advanced training, uh, White was assigned to the 1st Battalion, 31st Infantry um, in South Korea. Um, at around two at around two a.m. on August twenty eighth, nineteen eighty two, um, he shot the walk off the gates leading into the Korean demilitarized yeah. zone. Yeah, it was witnessed by fellow soldiers walking through the DMZ from guard post uh, Ule um, near uh, Kaesong with a duffel bag full of documents he stole from the site, including the layout of mines which were buried on the South Korean side of the DMZ. Oh shit. After treasure trove of information. After crossing the line, he would surrender to North Korean troops, um, and he would be the first uh, soldier, American soldier, to request asylum in North Korea uh, since January of 1965, and the fifth since the uh, Korean War. Um, I see. Uh, the UN, the United Nations Command, who are the ones that that run um, sort of the the South Korean side of the the DMC. Um, they um, they came uh, they petitioned um, the the North Korean authorities uh, to meet and discuss uh, uh, to, to discuss with White about his reasons for the defection, but the North Koreans denied this. The North Koreans would release a video of White in which he denounced the United States for quote unquote corruptness, criminality, immorality, weakness, and hedonism, uh, affirming that he had defected to demonstrate quote unquote how unjustable it was for the United States to send troops to South Korea um, before then leading a chant and an homage to North Korean leader Kim Il-sung. Hmm. All right. Um, Jenkins wrote in his memoirs that so he never met White. Shit, basically. Yeah, that he was always like a, sort of like a fuck up. Um, that Jenkins wrote in his, his memoirs that he had never, he never met White, um, but, uh, but saw him once on state television at a press conference after his defection. Um, he's, he, he wrote that there were plans uh, in the works uh, for White to share housing with one of the other American defectors, but it eventually fell through. Um, according to uh, Jenkins' government minders, uh, White had suffered an epileptic seizure of some form and was left paralyzed. Uh, following that, uh, Jenkins had heard nothing about him. In February of 1983, White's parents uh, received a letter from their son, uh, stating that he was uh, happy in North Korea and working as an English teacher. Um, in November of 1985, his parents received okay, a letter. Okay, all right, all right, all right. We glazed over that way too fast. <laughs> I'm happy living in North Korea. I'm an English teacher. There's well, no well, well, fucking well, way. Well, here's the capper. In There's no of, fucking way. <laughs> in November of 1985, they received a letter penned by a North Korean contact of White stating that their son had drowned in uh, in Chongchon River, um, in August of 1985, and his body was never recovered. What? Um, a copy of this letter was released by um, by then Congressman Dick Gephardt. Um, I hate that in guy. Early of 1986. That's a jerk off. Because <laughs> his name's Dick. No, because his name's Gephardt. What's wrong with you? Hey <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey Um. In November of, of 1986, um, as I mentioned well, um, uh, Megumi uh, Yokata married uh, the South Korean national uh, Kim Yongnam. Um, 
in that uh, they would have a daughter in 1987, uh, Kim uh, Hyung um, whose, like whose real name was who was later revealed to be Kim uh, Young Young. Okay. Um, I, I can't. All right. All right. I can't follow any one of the names that you just said. Like keep that straight. But okay. Um, in 1997, um, uh, Bombeo uh, reportedly died of lung cancer. Oh, that's fucking. Sick. And, and according to the uh, film Crossing the Line, uh, uh, Parrish died on August 25th, 1998, of kidney trouble. Um, after Bombay had died, uh, Dresdok would eventually marry his third wife, um, who Jenkins identified under the name uh, Dada, um, who was the daughter of a North Korean woman and a Togolese diplomat. Um, I was going to say, Dada sounds like a very, like, African name. Well, it's, it's, it's also, like, I, I would say it's a, it's like a Chinese name, too, because, like, a lot of, like, Chinese names are, like, are, like, that double, uh, like two syllables, uh, usually something like that, especially like pet names. Okay. Um, Donna was probably like her pet name. I don't think it was probably her full name. Um, okay. It's like they, a uh, it's like a form of uh, of art from around World War Two too, an artistic yeah. movement. Da- a, a form of like absurdist art. Yeah. Um, Marsh- they had Marshall a son, Duchamp, uh, Tony. And all those guys. They they would have a son, Tony, in two thousand one, um, and they would live in a small apartment in Pyongyang. Uh, as well as getting a monthly stipend from the North Korean government. Like you do. Um, Dresdok <laughs> at this time was in uh, bad health, um, having a bad heart and liver, um, which Dresdok described as, as his liver was quote-unquote full of fat, um, which he attributed to drinking and smoking too much. Uh, Dresdok himself was also very fat. Um, if you if you watch the documentary or see pictures of them, in, in most of them he's he's overweight, most likely from his uh, excessive drinking. Um, but what happens is is that on September seventeenth, two thousand two, the Japanese Prime Minister uh, uh, Junichiro uh, Koizumi uh, visits North there Korea he is. to meet with the legendary with, Koizumi <laughs> to visit with uh, Kim Jong Il. For the first J- uh, Japan North Korea summit, um, which would eventually result in a North uh, Japan North Korean uh, Pyongyang declaration, um, which would have facilitated the normalization of relations with Japan. Um, during this, though, uh, Kim would admit that North Korea had abducted at least thirteen Japanese citizens um, and issued an oral apology. From this oral apology. We have thoroughly investigated this matter. Decades of adversarial relations between our two countries provided the background of this incident. It was nevertheless an appalling incident. It is my understanding that this incident was initiated by special mission organizations in the 1970s and 80s, driven by blindly motivated patriotism and misguided heroism. As soon as their scheme and deeds were brought to my attention, those who were responsible were punished. I would like to take the opportunity to apologize straightforwardly for the regrettable conduct of these people. I will not allow that to happen again. Uh, but and and during this meeting as well, uh, North Korea provided the death certificates for eight people whom the uh, North claimed uh, who claimed were dead. But it admitted in two thousand four that these certificates had been hastily drafted uh, shortly before the meeting. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. Well, I mean. Do they have a, a solid, you know, death system over there where, like, deaths are tracked? 
well, it's a it's a communist system, so yes, I, I'm I'm sure there's like there's paperwork for everything. And as somebody who lived in like who lived in China and Asia in general, like like everything, like there's paperwork for everything. So the likelihood is this person is actually probably still alive, and they just made some shit up. It's it's possible as well, and the and the Japanese government and and a number of NGOs also think that as well. Um, a, a Russian scholar who, who studies North Korea. Um, he, he says that this that this whole disclosure was a was a big strategic mistake um, because he said what was eventually supposed to be a gesture of honesty was was met with outrage uh, both within the Japanese government and the general public as the as these uh, allegations were considered to be like a conspiracy theory at the time like you do so when they okay. so when they said like oh yeah we did that by the way it sort of derailed this whole like peace conference that was going on terrible um, so. Because of this, uh, Japan would retaliate by further isolating uh, North Korea by cutting off trade and other exchanges. Huh. Um, and he says, and, and Lankoff thinks that uh, North Korea will probably think twice about doing something like this again. And he also says that that them even abducting the people in general is um, was was sort of like a, a stupid move because they already had a willing uh, a supply of Japanese speakers through the uh, Chong Rion uh, group in Japan. Like, they already have a source of people who are, like, cool with, like, North Korea, so why are they just, like, kidnapping Japanese people to, like, teach them Japanese? Right. Uh, I, I'm sure it's part of some sort of, like, institutional, like, security. Like, like them not trusting, like, the, the Japanese Koreans thinking that, they, that they're suspect. Um, and, and them just having, like, people they could use and dispose at will without having to worry about um, anything going bad. Right. Um, later on, North Korea would allow uh, five victims that it said were alive to return to Japan on the condition that they would return later to North Korea. Um, all of these, all of these five people had their identities confirmed by DNA testing, uh, dental records, and fingerprint analysis, um, and they would be returned on October fifteenth, two thousand two, to Japan. Uh, five of the victims who were repatriated were uh, uh, Yasushi uh, Chimura and his wife Fuki. Um, uh, Fukie, uh, Kaoru uh, Hoshiike and his wife Yukiko, um, and Hitomi so uh, Soga, the wife of Charles Robert Jenkins, who would have to remain in North Korea. Right. Um, however, um, the Japanese government listened to uh, the pleas of the, the general public and the abductees' families um, and, and told the North Koreans that, the family, that these victims would not be returning. Um, the North Koreans would claim this was a violation of the agreement and refuse to continue further talks. Um, but eventually what happens is is that uh, that the three children of the Chamora family and the two children of the Hasuike family um, who were born in North Korea were allowed to rejoin their parents in Japan um, after a second visit of, the, of Koyazumi uh, to Pyongyang on May 22, 2004. Um, they would return to Japan on July 18, 2004. Um, and um, all five of them expressed uh, a desire to re uh, remain in Japan and live as Japanese citizens. Um, Hitomi Soga was able to reunite with Jenkins and their children. Um, but Jenkins! Through, I'm sorry. But having Jenkins. to Having to go through a more... Uh, <laughs> having to go through a different route. Um, because her... Because Jenkins was a defector for the United States Army, um, he... Um, he couldn't really return to Japan because he, it was possible he could be arrested and court-martialed by the U.S. military. 
Um, so Jenkins and their two daughters would initially meet with Soka in Jakarta, um, Indonesia, on July 9th, 2004. And eventually, they would return to Japan on July 18th. Okay. Um, Japan, on behalf of Jenkins, formally requested a pardon from the U.S., but the United States government declined. Um, after, after expressing a, a desire to put his conscience at rest, um, Jenkins, on September 11th, 2004, would report to Camp Sama in Japan uh, to face court-martial. Um, like he, you do. He, re- he reported in a, <laughs> in a respectful uh, military fashion, uh, saluting and receiving the, the military police officer. On November 3rd um, of 2004, Jenkins pleaded guilty to charges of desertion and aiding the enemy, but denied making disloyal or seditious statements. Uh, the latter charges were dropped. Um, he was sentenced to 30 days confinement and received a dishonorable discharge, forfeiture of all pay and benefits, and was reduced to rank E1 private, which is the lowest rank in the U.S. Army. Nice. Um, and wait, wait, what was he before his dem- his demotion? I believe he was a, a major. Oh, god damn. That's like free fall of rank. <laughs> Oof. He was a sergeant, actually. Ah, never mind. That's not that bad. Sergeant's <laughs> pretty high. I mean, you lost, let's see, private. Doesn't it go private, then corporal, then sergeant? And then lieutenant, then captain? Well, sergeant's right before a colonel. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. U.S. Army rankings are a little bit different then. I guess everybody's a little bit different with these rankings, too. Um, so, um, he was eventually released after uh, released uh, after 24 days of staying on, on November 27, 2004, for good behavior. Um, and as well, um, during his return, uh, Jacobs would also reveal the whereabouts of... Um, of some victims of what's considered to be one of uh, Singapore's most famous uh, missing persons cases. Um, these, uh, it was a case involving five, um, of five uh, women who were working as social escorts, um, four Malaysians and one Singaporean who had last been seen boarding a ship to attend a supposed party on August 19th, 1978. Does that um, mean they were like escorts? Yeah, that they were, that they were sort of like, um, I believe they're probably more of the hostess variety than straight up like prostitutes. Okay, I I mean, is that not what an escort is though? Well, we usually like an like an escort like with a hostess. It, like sex is not usually the end the end goal of like the the transactional situation. It's more of like like the entertainment companionship thing. Yeah, it's more of a companionship thing. Whereas like like what we consider an escort in the United States is more of like a fancy prostitute. Okay. Um, and, and the term prostitute, I know, I, I think some people consider it to be like a demeaning term, but I should say sex worker. Yeah, there we go. All right, that's fair. Yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> meant, meant, meant no, because like sex work is real work, so shouldn't really, you know, talk down on those people. Um, but but they had last been seen boarding this boat, um, and, and these women, uh, he claimed he had seen one of them, a Malaysian, uh, Yen, uh, Yen Yok Fun, at that time was uh, 22 at a North Korean amusement park in 1980 or 1981, um, and he recognized her from a mole that uh, that she had. North Korean amusement park? What kind of rides do they have? They have the uh, lose to General Kim Il-sung basketball? No, they have the Chevy Lumina. 
challenge, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> they have the lose to Kim Jong Un in racing challenge. <laughs> Uh, they have you can only come in second. Golf, it's the best you can do. Golf in like you race against glorious. Golf league. like dear leader. It's a eagle on a par six. But you always, <laughs> you always, you always come up short. Hole in one <laughs> on a par remember, ten. Because remember, Kim Jong Il, he golfed the perfect game. He golfed Correct. the whole game, and then he stopped playing. Correct. Yep. Oh wait, I already got a seventeen and eighteen whole game. No, he got eighteen. <laughs> yeah, he it's, did. No, which, Steve, I'm you joking, missed the point. What he did was. <laughs> You, you missed it. As usual, you don't understand that he uh, <laughs> he completed an 18-hole golf course in 17 holes. You see? I know I it's it. difficult. All, 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 glory, all, all glory be to glorious league. He just, he just did a task spot run of the uh, golf course and somehow... <laughs> Through the manipulation of the code, he, he finished it in 17 holes. Well, what it was is some of the what par threes did, were listen, so easy that... He let got, me he got explain the something to you. Let me explain something to you both, because neither one of you know the history of Glorious Leader. Okay, You're right. He clearly teed off on a par three. Boom. Hole in one. Ball bounces out of the hole. It drives another 150 yards on its own volition right. into the second hole. Boom. Two hole-in-ones, one drive, 17 It was so fearful of his power that it ran from him, literally. <laughs> and I'm not anthropomorphizing so, golf balls here. I'm saying, dear leader, hit So basically, the ball. he had a 326-yard drive by virtue of the fact that each drive was 163 yards. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, and... In 2004, in November of 2004, uh, North Korea would return the cremated remains of two people, claiming they were those of Megumi uh, Yokota and, and Kaoru uh, Matsuki. Really? Uh, uh, who, who they claimed had uh, died after being abducted. Um, DNA analysis tests determined by that those them? remains. Like abducted by them? By the North yes. Koreans and had yes. died in their custody. Yes. They, they just returned these cremated remains and said, hey, these are these two people. We kidnapped. Sorry about the um, sorry about the killing. Sorry, whoops. Um, Oops. But uh, D- DNA analysis uh, sort of determined that that neither of the remains were from those two. Um, oh no. And, uh, um, yeah. But, did they not realize that cremated remains are not just like ashes? It's actually bone fragments and shit like that that you could one hundred percent, if it's not destroyed in the cremation process, you can get DNA from. But after, um, but. But it was sort of like questioned because the uh, the scientific journal Nature uh, published a an article that was critical of the testing, which at that time was p- performed by uh, Tomio uh, uh, Yoshi at, at Tokyo University, who is a junior faculty member, a lecturer in the forensics department, uh, without a professor being present. Um, Yoshi later acknowledged that he had no previous experience in the analysis of cremated specimens. I see. Um, in, in, a, in an interview with Japanese police, uh, uh, Yasushi uh, Chimura and Kaoru uh, Hosuike, um, that, they, that they identified two of their abductors um, as uh, Sin uh, Guangsu uh, and also as a man known as uh, Pak. Um, and that the, uh, the National Police Agency of Japan has requested the arrest of these two individuals uh, for the abductions of Japanese nationals. Um, like um, you do. 
Uh, Sin, <laughs> uh, Sin reportedly told police in South Korea that he had been personally ordered by Kim Jong-il to carry out the abductions. Uh-oh. Should have just kept um, his fucking mouth shut. Uh, Jenkins and his family uh, eventually eventually settled on uh, Sato Island in Japan, uh, which was uh, Sogo's um, original home. Huh. Um, on June 14, 2005, Jenkins, his wife, and two daughters would travel to the United States to visit his 91-year-old mother in North Carolina, uh, returning later in the month. Um, after that, he would find work as a greeter at a shop in Japan. Like a Walmart greeter? Well, I guess, yeah, like like that. Oh, God, that's like a prison sentence into itself to just stand there and have to... Hello. Hello. And now, I look, I don't know if it's the same around you guys, or I don't know when the last time you've been to Walmart is, but now Walmart is trying to, uh, we'll just call it, church themselves up, where they now have people at the exits uh, here around where Goodbye. I live, where ch- they will check your receipts. Mm. Oh, yeah, they've always done yeah, that. Yeah, but receipt... They've never done receipt that. Receipt checking Bro, is... I've, receipt checking is I usually have, uh, because loss prevention is too high. So they'll start checking them. It's, it's, bro, I have never, literally never seen that in any Walmart I've ever they, been to. It's but because now they saw they're you, to do it. It's because they saw you checking out that like flat screen TV with uh, Kool-Aid packets. And- <laughs> <laughs> number one, it was a PS5. And number one, and number two, it was a, so, fucking, a bushel of bananas. This is not legal advice, <laughs> but I read a couple threads on that because I used to get annoyed at, uh, at bless, uh, Best Buy because they would constantly like, when you're walking out of the store, you have a bag, and they like the guy would want to look at your receipt, and they always put some big six foot eight doofus at the freaking door. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, he's like, like uh, let me see that receipt. I'm like, no, I paid for this. Fuck you. Like, I'm not I'm not showing you my receipt, and I'm not stopping here either. I'm walking right out of the fucking store, and apparently, they cannot legally detain you. They can't. Well, yeah, they're, they're no, nothing. No, yeah, it's it's they're, they're you're not, they're but CEOs. but they can call the police on you. And jam you yeah. up for like the rest of the afternoon, and, a, and, and, and they can also ban you from Best Buy. Yeah, which <laughs> okay, is like here's, here's, so okay. they use this as like pressure to get you to just do it, like kind of like, well, I don't want to be hassled in the other way, so I'll be hassled in this way, which is fucking bullshit, man. Okay, listen, let me tell you, I will describe this in terms and see if you can relate this. When I when I had my motorcycle, I used to go to Publix and I would park. Uh, maybe 10, 15 feet away from the front door, okay? And it would be out of the way. It wouldn't be, like, right in the middle of the sidewalk, like a big dumbass, but, like, out of the way, against the wall, but, you know, 10 feet from the door. Uh, one day, the manager saw me do this, and he was like, hey, man, you can't park your bike there. And I had I had just got done. Were you on the sidewalk? The yep, I was on the sidewalk, okay? Uh, against the wall of the store, like, on the sidewalk, so, like, not impeding anybody's path, not in anybody's way. I wasn't near the propane. I was just against the wall. He says, you can't park there. Yep. Okay. I, I locked the handlebars, and I said, all right, cool. Call the tow truck. And went inside and did my purchases. Came out, unlocked my handlebars, and took off. point I'm trying to make is, can they call the cops faster than you can just walk the fuck away, get in your car, and drive away? Uh, no. So, like, the thing is, though, is, is for your average person just doesn't want to deal with it at all. So they'd rather just show them the receipt. And then they get into the whole thing where it's like, well, if you've got nothing to hide. But it's like, fucker, I don't give a shit about what you think you saw my receipt. Also, unless you're, like, checking each item one at a time 
It's a useless waste of time. It's just a security theater. Now, are you just thing. checking that I have a receipt? Because I'll bring an old... 90% of the time, that's, that's what they do. With an 80% fucking goddamn... 80-inch fucking... Yeah, 90% of the time... I've read Reddit threads where people who worked at Best Buy, supposedly, you know, you can never fully trust it, but supposedly worked at Best Buy, respond, and they're like, yeah, we just... We're basically just faking it. We're just making sure that you have a receipt, and that's it. And that it's like from I that day. I think what day. you should do is judge if they're going to fake it by the age of the person checking the receipt. Well, now, if the person is under the age of 30, they're fucking faking now it. You're, if they're over now that, you're profiling. <laughs> yes, I am. But if they're old, they're going to take their job a lot more seriously. Right? See, if you see some fucking so... 40-year-old boomer with a Vietnam vet hat on, he's going to tackle you. I agree. Yeah, it's so ridiculous, dude. Because your average 20-year-old be like, I don't give a fuck, man. Run. Run quick. I'll give you 30-second head You didn't have to run thing. because if they put their hands on you, you could sue them. So you just no, no, walk he's like, right oh, past you head them. start before I call the cops. But man. they I'll always like five minute head start. They always put like the uh, the Rob Gronkowski at the freaking uh, at the counter. He's like six foot seven, just a big doofy like, dude, you know. Be like that guy that wheeled out a, a flat screen TV at Walmart and just like stiff armed the guy who like tried to stop him the front. <laughs> yeah. Like, did he I would be the beat? LPO who would clothesline somebody, and they'd be like, "Ryan, we've been over this. Like, you can't put your hands on people. Like, I didn't put my hands on people. I put my forearm on somebody. Like, come on." And man. your average person doesn't understand that, like, they're being that it, this is like a loss prevention measure, and they're just fucking with you, basically. Like, yeah. there's not. I like. I hate to. I'm not gonna start a uh, civil war over it. I'm not gonna like refuse to shop at Best Buy. I'm probably gonna continue to show them that my receipt, but it's also horseshit. I can complete horseshit. I also don't want to start anything, and for legal advice, you shouldn't do this, but nobody's going to stop you if you just walk in there and just start taking stuff and walk out, because corporate policies are not to interfere with somebody robbing I'm going to take that so- out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, for legal advice, you cannot, don't do this. It's what not Ryan good, just but- said is actually theft. <laughs> But remember, yeah, it is theft. But remember, it's corporate. They're not going to stop you because corporate policies are never engaged with the The only thing I'll allow on on the show since I edited it is if someone's stealing food, no, they weren't. (laughs) No, they were not. You better let it happen. If you saw somebody shoplifting from Publix, no, you didn't. If they were stealing food, no, you didn't. Unless they're shoplifting acts, in which case report them immediately (laughs) to Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Call the CIA. 1 800. In in March of 2006, the uh, Osaka police would raid six facilities, including one belonging to the North Korean Chamber of Commerce, um, in an investigation into uh, circumstances involving the disappearance of Tadaki uh, Hara mm-hmm. in June 1980. Um, all six facilities were, were linked to uh, the Chung Rion organization, um, and a police spokesman said that the head of Chung Rion at that time was suspected of cooperating in the, his abduction. Um, in July 20, in July 15, 2008, uh, Jenkins was given uh, permanent residency in Japan, um, and a month, a, um, a, a month after he applied for the status. Um, he commented that he wanted to stay in Japan for the rest of his life and would also like to obtain Japanese citizenship. Um, the North Korean government would claim um, that there were only 13 abductees and that the issue had been resolved with the return of the five victims. Uh, however, uh, other groups, such as the Japanese government, claim that it is not resolved um, and that most of the evidence North Korea has provided that says so is forged. No. 99.9% of it is probably forged, except for, like, the yeah. signatures. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, 
a, a number of victim support groups have looked into having the UN uh, help out. Uh, then UN Secretary Kofi Annan, in a speech given in the Japanese Diet on February 24, 2004, uh, mentioned the issue and sympathized with the victims and their families and expressed wishes for a complete se uh, settlement. Um, later that year, uh, the United States Congress would pass the North Korean Home Human Rights Act of 2004. Um, what did that say? It, it essentially said that North Korea had to like give back all the people they had kidnapped. You can't keep those people, North Korea. Give them back. Um, in, in 2004, the Japanese Diet passed two laws designed to restrict trade with North Korea over this. Um, and on November 2nd, 2005, the United Kingdom, as well as 45 other countries, uh, including the United States and Japan, uh, submitted a proposal condemning the, uh, North Korea to the UN. Um, on December 16th, the proposal was passed by the UN General Assembly, Assembly with 88 supporting and 21 opposing and 60 um, abstention votes. Um, China and Russia were opposed to the proposal, um, and the South Korean government abstained. Why? Why did they um, abstain? Because they didn't want to, like, damage working on relations with North Korea. Um, the, the proposal, if only they knew. If only they knew what it was going to look like 50 years later. The Well, we're only, like, less than 20 years later. Oh, wait, no, that was in, the, in 04, you said? Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought that was um, in the 80s. The, the proposal condemned North Korea for, quote-unquote, systematic humanitarian violations um, and mentioned the abduction issues, the existence of concentration camps, um, and the abuse against North Korean defectors sent back to North Korea. Um, Condoleezza Rice expressed support for the abduction issue, and in April 27, 2006, uh, Saki Yakota, the mother of uh, Megumi Yakota, uh, testified in the United States uh, House of Representatives subcommittee about the abduction issue. Uh, the next day, she met with uh, then-President George W. Bush um, to ask the United States help in resolving the abduction issue. Um, Bush would describe this as one of the most moving meetings in his presidency um, and question the actions of North Korea. I mean, that's the bare minimum he could do. <laughs> um, and on June 13, 2006... The North Korean Human Rights Bill, as well, calling for sanctions to be placed on North Korea, uh, was tabled in the Japanese Diet. Oof. Um, in October of 2011, uh, South Korean intelligence agencies report that they believed that dozens of South Korean and Japanese abduction victims were moved from the Wanhua Ri, um, uh, were moved to Wanhua Ri, uh, a city in, in South Pyong Pyongan Province. Um, and that this group may have included Megumi Yokota, uh, Yeko uh, Toguchi, and Tadaki Hara. Uh, following Kim Jong-il's death in December of 2011, um, former uh, abductee uh, Kaoru uh, Hosuike uh, expressed a wish for the Japanese government to quote-unquote carefully analyze the state of affairs in North Korea and do its best to secure the safety of abductees still left there. Um, the abduction issue would continue to be an issue, um, and also Japan, uh, affect Japan's involvement in what was called the Six Party Talks. Who are the Six Parties? Uh, the Six Parties are Japan, South Korea, North Korea, the United States, China, and Russia. Um, and also, uh, 
Most importantly, quote-unquote, Tokyo has kept conditioning its provision of economic incentives, widely deemed to be crucial to comprehensive and lasting solution of the nuclear conundrum, and on the establishment of diplomatic relations with North Korea, a development which in turn hinges on the resolution of the abduction issue. Uh, the Okoda uh, family would testify um, in front of the UN on August 29, 2013, and in May 2014, um, after, uh, after talks with Japan, North Korea agreed to probe the abduction issue. Um, in July f- uh, 4, 2014, Japan would ease some of its sanctions on North Korea um, as the talks continued. Um, and uh, North Korea would agree to reopen investigations about the abduction cases, um, and in October 2014, a Japanese delegation would visit North Korea. Oh shit! They actually let him in. Well, no, a Japanese del yeah that they they let a Japanese delegate delegation like officially visit the country, probably for like you know a, a like a set itinerary. They weren't just gonna let him poke around. Mm. So dumb question. Since uh, aside from uh, Trump kind of, you know, crossing the DMZ in that, like, handshake, that kind of photo-opportunistic bullshit. Has any American diplomat ever physically visited, like, Pyongyang and, like, been around and done things yeah. over there? Or is Yeah, it- Dennis Rodman. No. Shut the fuck up! Yeah, the worm. The worm went, bro. The worm. worm. Senator, the worm. Senator, okay. has a, Senator Worm has a, went. Has a legitimate American Democrat. Okay, you know what? I take exception to you not referring to the worm as a legitimate. Fuck you. Fuck you. As if the worm gets voted into some sort of public office, I will rescind my fucking opinion. But until then, Senator, the worm is nothing Senator Dennis the Worm Rodman. Dennis Rodman. The great state of Illinois. Worm. If Dennis Rodman becomes a senator, I'm done. I'm he leaving gave, this fucking country. Why? Ronald gave, Reagan uh, became a gave, senator. I mean, president. Gave, I wasn't alive to abort myself yet. Yeah. So. He gave he gave Kim Jong-un a bottle of his own vodka, as well as a fine bottle oh of God. Ciroc. Yeah, he gave him some Ciroc. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And he's, the word. I would... I would have given anything for him to have played one-on-one with and just fucking dunked all over He him. did play basketball when he was there, I think. Yeah, yeah he did. Pretty sure. No, he, dude. He went over. He went over the first time with the uh, the globe trotters. Or I should say, two of the globe trotters. Because we, because I, yeah, I remember when I was ones. in China, <laughs> and we we joked. We were joking about it, and I said that they were like debating, and they wanted like they wanted someone good. Like they're like LeBron, and they're like we'll we'll give you Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, we want uh, LeBron. We want fucking uh, got him. Kobe. Uh, <laughs> oh shit. Um. In in 2017, uh, the the Western news organization NK News uh, reported that Dresnok had died the previous year in 2016. Um, in August of 2017, Dresnok's sons confirmed that he had died of a stroke in November of 2016. I need stroke. Um, they. <laughs> they they released this. They released a statement saying that their that their father had told them to remain loyal to Kim Jong Un, and they also stated that they would destroy the U.S. if it launched a preemptive strike against North Korea. Oh my God! This bullshit uh, again. Charles Robert Jenkins would die at the age of seventy-seven on December eleventh, twenty seventeen. Um, and eventually, uh, over time, D dead. Dead. Capital D. Um, that of of after all of these uh, kidnappings going, that that they also involve some missing person cases. They're currently believed to be um, around eight hundred 
and 73 Japanese nationals uh, still being held by North Korea. Dude, that's fucking That is a lot of them. It was until very recently, it was 80, um, with some cases, for instance, they found one of the guys who was was reported missing, uh, they found that he was uh, actually uh, still alive. Tell me they found him still alive in Japan. Well, one of the one of the Japanese guys, yeah, that they that he was reported missing or whatever, and believe abducted. Um, he was uh, he was uh, he was found to be fine, and there were no connections to North Korea um, um, with his disappearance. Okay, knowing that, can we please trim down that eight hundred something number to say the probable amount of North Korean people? Well, they they are they are breaking it down because over over a span of like seven years, they've they've got it down to like from eight eighty one to eight seventy three. Oh, fuck! Oh my! Like you, God. like I, you I mean, do. I'm not gonna say that. that <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. That's not an uh, like like a like a reasonable number because my like knowledge set of this whole thing is no, obviously. Um, but I feel like that's an insane fucking number to have 800. So- like that's like a noticeable number, especially for a country like Japan that is only so big. You know what I'm saying? Japan has a population I think still of around 120 million people. Holy shit! Really? Yeah, so it's not it's not like all right, all right, take that back. But still, eight hundred is a fucking huge number. Jesus, it's a biggie. Uh, eight hundred forty-six, right? It's very, was it eight forty-six? Very. It's very American it was, uh, police. It's very uh, like yeah. American to be like, oh, we're, this was a missing person. Oh, whoops, we found him here in the country. Sorry. Well, uh, ser- like I'm gonna say this, and maybe I'm on a limb here, but uh, like, uh, Brittany Griner in Russia right now, like that bothers. If me. it was, I'm I'm still but saying I know it's like you know, uh, not exactly scientific, but if it was like LeBron, uh, we would move heaven and earth. But because it's because it's a WNBA would player, we would we absolutely well, not dude. this season. Absolutely not this season. Nah, we season, would definitely no. move. We yeah. would move heaven and earth if it was a male we would, player. We would trade him. We get would trade him uh, Westbrook. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> if it was a male player, <laughs> know, they would move we heaven like, and earth. Here's like, the problem. We'll make here's you a problem. trade. You could right, we'll get problem? LeBron. You get Westbrook. They're not going to move heaven and earth, no matter who it is, because it's not federally legal here. Okay, if it was something that was a federal legal substance, nah, bullshit. Here, but, I, uh, but listen, but listen, listen, but illegal somewhere else, they would move heaven and earth to get our people I, back. However, I know I'm insufferable, but I totally disagree. It's not, well, listen, it's not federally legal here. So what does it look like our government going to bat to try to get a person back for committing the same crime somewhere else? Does it make sense? If it was legal here, I could see our government being like, "Nah, man, they fucked up. It's legal here. We need to get them back." Like, they don't, you know, they're I bad. Will, this one's. Not I will ours. tell you, as Maybe somebody that lived that lived abroad, that the United States government's essential like policy as as an American citizen, that if you break the law over there over something like that, they aren't going to do shit for you. Yeah, it's you commit the local law. You you break local laws. You broke local she's, laws. She's Sorry. a celebrity, so she'll probably get special treatment. But I've I I have sat through like. Sort of like Q and A meetings with people from the embassy, Q and even in what? a country. 
and I've sat through meetings with them, and they're just was Marge there? Was Marge Taylor Green there? Yeah, she was there. Uh, the shaman was there. Uh, we all have my you, right? Like they they tell you if you could, if you break a local law, do not expect. Yeah, they they say regardless aid. of what it is, like they say they're not going to get you out of prison. Like like you're on your own. Like it is yeah. not it is not our job. To get you out of prison because you broke the law, regardless of what that law is. Now, had Brittany Griner hit like you know LeBron numbers, you know triple doubles, triple triples, maybe they'll think about it. But again, it, I, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, believe it comes down to I, hey, it's not legal here yet. I, I think a lot of that level. too. Like I, I don't know if she actually had it. Like they, they the said whole she thing had hemp oil. Well, I think that whole thing. I just, thought she had cartridges like TH, like like. No, she had weed she carts. had like she had like essentially like CBD. She stuff, had like, like CBD oil, stuff. dude. She didn't have weed allegedly. I but, heard she had weed carts, and that was the problem. She had fucking weed carts. Like you can't have fucking weed carts in a country where weed's not legal, bro. Because but CBD is cause not in, marijuana. Because like in other, like I know a guy that that I worked with in China, an older guy. And he he lost his job in China and got deported because he 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 legally smoked weed in the United States. He went to uh, he went to work in China. He still had like he still couldn't like piss clean or whatever. And he he just got randomly pulled for like a for like a piss test by the police, which is something they do to foreigners. And um and and he pissed dirty and they just they just deported him. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the Chinese police randomly just piss test foreigners? Yeah, like they'll go to like a bar or whatever that's like in the where there's like a lot of foreigners and they'll just like grab people and they'll just be like, All right, like like to like take a bunch of people to the bathroom. It's like you got pissed in the cup. Are you fucking serious? Um, South Korea does the same. I've I've heard that they but they do a um they they do like the mouth test. Where, where they like they do like a swab to see if like yeah. but but that only works like if you like just like you've just smoked weed but in a well, lot that's of those, the whole that's the whole thing that needs to come over here is the swab test so that we but, can more accurately determine if someone's high when they get in an accident but aside from that keep going but but a lot of those countries have it on the books that if you have it in your system regardless of where you did it if it was legal there or not in the place you did it if it's illegal in that country like like say south korea then then you're fucked it's the same i just i so, just okay. find the thing okay, wait, wait. very strange because she goes over there and this is a person who actually plays for a russian team like in the off season like yeah. she's not she's not there for like sightseeing like who the fuck would do no, that no. she's there to work yeah. so she knows better so i don't even believe that they caught her with stuff to be honest with you well, i don't well, buy it i, I also I also think it's one of those things where because she's like a she's like somewhat of a celebrity and that she's probably done it a bunch of times. She didn't realize that like because it happened like right after like Russia invaded Ukraine. It did. Uh, it was so, so close. Yeah, so it kind so, of pushed to the so, wayside. So it was very yeah. much like she she got caught at the one time not to get caught because because it, it was one of those things where like I I think with the way it was timed like like her bag was probably packed before like Russia even invaded and by the time she landed. And got into the airport in Russia, like they were already into it. Um, mm. mm-hmm. But but it but it's one of those things where like I've heard people talk about this, like people who bring like 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 weed vape cartridges or whatever on them with the plane because like the dogs can't smell it and like and like the the TSA people don't care because because most of those people are like they have to talk them down from killing themselves after every day because of like how terrible it is and then. Like they're they're not in the business of busting people for weed. Not so, only do they not care, they just don't see it. Right? Yeah. So 
So I'm sure it was one of those situations. But I think it's just because of, like, Russia had invaded Ukraine. <laughs> like, I think it was either that day or, like, the day before. It was that, so that they close gave, to the whole thing. But anyway. That, that, they put on the, that they put on the rubber gloves to make an example out of her. To make her a hostage, essentially. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, but of, um, of sort of the legacy of, of Dresdok, um, one of Dresdok's uh, sons from his second marriage, James Dresdok, um, we know that he studied um, that he studied uh, at the uh, Pyongyang University of Foreign Studies, uh, where his father taught in the 80s, um, and that he speaks English with a Korean accent and considers himself Korean, um, and uh, though he reportedly does not wish to marry a Korean woman. Um, Interesting. James would join the North Korean military in 2014, and in 2016 he reportedly held the rank of uh, Taiwi, uh, which is equivalent to the rank of captain in the U.S. Army. Um, both his, both the younger James and his uh, older brother Ted are now married, and they also have children of their own in North Korea. Um, and like their father as well, they've also acted in uh, North Korean films as uh, villainous American soldiers. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and that is the story of the uh, permanent guests, or, or I guess some of them not not as permanent guests of North Korea. But not so permanent guests how, how, like, Final question. Uh, how legitimate is the North Korean nuclear threat? In your uh, estimation, Steve, I would say to us, uh, non-existent. But we're not the ones that it's that sort of like it's more South Korea and Japan, right? But they always seem to like fail shooting off a missile. Like, is that like it seems like every well, like, couple months? The more immediate just... threat is for well, missiles. The people missiles in their fail all sphere. the time, but you you don't have to shoot a missile very far with like to nuke like right. soul if they right. wanted to. You could just do like the nuke Lacroix where it's like sort of near the country and you still got the flavor. You just you just do one of those like trash can things where you just do the layout. Nuke Lacroix. Like... <laughs> oh my god. I love it. <laughs> Listen, it's <laughs> it's only nuke if it comes from the nuke region or if it comes it's only new region of the United States. If it comes States. from the nuclear region of the United States, that's how you know. Otherwise, it's just sparkling radiation. Exactly, exactly. Only if it, only if it comes sparkling from the radiation. <laughs> that's what the name of this episode is. All right, I'm out. I gotta go. Bye. Uh, later.